Our scripture reading this morning is found in two different places, Romans 12, verse 2, and 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. We'll start with Romans 12 and verse 2, and it's highlighted in my Bible, but it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, verse 2. And 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Good morning, church. I'm happy to see you. I want to thank Brother Rick, Brother Steve, and Miss Vicki for assisting me today. And what I have decided to do, I know the weather is getting better, and I'm feeling better about that. So today I decided not to bring you a sermon. I decided that I wanted to read some lessons that we can take with us and try to live by those examples that I will give you today. I know we come to church every Sabbath, and I do. I'm here all the time, every Sabbath. And we preach. We listen to sermons. We listen to a lot of texts. And I decided I wanted to do something really light today. So I'm just going to be reading some stories of people who exemplify the life of Christ. And I'm hoping that with time, we can do that too. I have looked at all of the events in the world, and the Lord is just around the corner. We don't have long to wait, and we don't have long to get prepared either. So I'm just going to read us some stories, and I hope that by these examples, we can Turn our lives around if we haven't and live for Christ as not the perfect Christian, but as a Christian that's striving to live for him and like him. So bow your heads with me for a second, please. Heavenly Father, we so love you. We trust you, Lord. We believe in you. And we know that you will take us to heaven with you if we continue our journey with you, if we live for you, if we do what is right, if we do what is required for us to get to heaven, that you would help us get there. We thank you and we praise you. Amen. My first example is, and I know you've all heard this story before, The verse is, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And that text is taken from Hebrews 11, verse 1. And this um, reading is about, and I know you've heard about him, Charles Blondin. How many of us have heard of him? I think, oh, I thought there would be more. And this happened a long time ago. 
1858, on June 30th, Charles Blondin, arguably one of the best tightrope walkers of all time, stretched a tightrope across Niagara Falls. We've all heard of Niagara Falls, am I right? How many of us have been there? Ah, quite a few. That's nice. I've been there too. People came by train from Buffalo, New York, and Toronto, Canada, to see him walk across the tightrope that was suspended high above the raging falls. Now, that sounds kind of crazy to me, but he wanted to do it. As he stepped onto the tightrope, a hush fell over the crowd. He carried with him a 40-foot-long balance bar that weighed 39 pounds. When he finally stepped foot on the Canadian side, a huge chair arose from the crowd. Then they began to shout in unison, unison, Blondin, Blondin, Blondin. Finally, Blondin held up his hand, asking for the crowd's attention. He asked the crowd, How many of you believe I can put someone on my shoulders and walk across? Now, how many of us would have gotten on Blondin's shoulders? First, one person shouted, I believe, and then a second and a third, until finally the whole crowd was shouting, we believe, we believe, we believe. Then Blondin shouted, who would like to be that someone? All of a sudden, everyone got quiet. They all said they believed, but no one was willing to risk their lives. Is that the same way we are with Jesus? I hope not. Blondin pointed his finger first at one person and then another and asked, Would you like to get on my back as I go across? They all said no, until he came to Mr. McDougall, his manager, who said yes. MacDougall got on Blondin's back, and a deathly silence fell over the crowd as Blondin stepped out onto the tightrope. Carefully, step by step, Blondin made his way across. When they were about halfway across, all of a sudden, the rope started swaying violently back and forth. A gambler who had met Blondin would not make it, but cut the, the guy wire or gay wire that held the rope in place. He had done that, cut the wire. Blondin stopped right in the middle and got MacDougall down off his back temporarily to talk to him. Blondin looked at MacDougall and said, if we are going to make it safely to the other side, you can no longer be MacDougall. You have to become a part of me. Isn't that how we see Christ in our lives? We have to become part of him and like him. You can do nothing to try to balance yourself. You have to let me do everything if you do anything at all on your own, we will both 
die. MacDougall then got back on Blondin's shoulders, and Blondin began to walk, and then he began to run down the rope to safety on the other side. You know, faith is more than just a belief in our minds. It is a conviction in our hearts that causes us to take action. You know, I, I don't know if I would have had the faith of that gentleman. How many of us would have gotten on Blondin's back? Let me see your hands. Not even one? Well, we've got to do something about that. We've got to start trusting in the Lord more and following him more. Because that's not, I mean, it's not easy as a human person. But if we have the faith and believe in Christ, that he can save us no matter how dismal the situation looks or is, then we will make it to the other side. We will make it to heaven with Jesus. You know, the chicken and the pig. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And that's taken from Mark chapter 8, verse 34. You know, one day, Farmer John's pig was talking to his chicken. What can we do for Farmer John to show our appreciation for all he has done for us, the pig asked. What do we do to show our appreciation for our Lord Jesus Christ? I don't know, replied the chicken. What do you think? They thought for a moment, and then the chicken spoke up. We could serve him a huge thank you breakfast with scrambled eggs and bacon. The pig thought for a moment and then said, Oh, sure, that's easy for you to say. For you, it's a small sacrifice. But for me, it's total commitment. You know, the Christian life, does not call for a small sacrifice. If we call ourselves Christians, then the sacrifice has to be the utmost sacrifice that we make. It demands a total commitment. When we call ourselves Christians, the commitment is total. There's nothing small about it. So let us remember that in life, you know, when things come our way, when we hurt, when things don't seem right, that we have to put our trust and our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. You know, here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. And that's 2 Timothy 2, 11. 
There were once 40 soldiers, all Christians, who were members of the famed 12th Legion of Rome's imperial army. One day, their captain told them Emperor Licinius had sent out an edict that all soldiers were to offer sacrifices to the pagan gods. The Christians replied, You can have our armor and even our bodies, but our heart's allegiance belongs to Jesus Christ. It was midwinter of AD 320, and the captain had them march onto a nearby frozen lake. He stripped them of all their clothes and said they would either die or renounce Christ. Throughout the night, these men huddled together singing their song, Forty Martyrs for Christ. One by one, the temperature took its toll, and they fell to the ice. At last, there was only one man left. He lost courage and stumbled to shore where he renounced Christ. The officer of the guards had been watching all this. Unknown to the others, he had secretly come to believe in Christ. When he saw this last man break rank, he walked out onto the ice, threw off his clothes, and confessed that he also was a Christian. When the sun rose the next morning, there were 40 bodies of soldiers who had fought to the death for Christ. If we are willing to stand for Christ, even when threatened with death, we can be assured that one day we will live and reign with Christ forever. So let us strive to get to heaven with Christ. Being a Christian is not easy. Sometimes it's very difficult. But can we go out in the world and would anyone know if Joy Burrell was to go up to the mall and uh, walk around up there? Would anyone know that maybe I'm a Christian or they don't care? Or uh, how would they know that I'm a Christian? Or how would they kind of assume that maybe I am? Do you think it's the way I walk? Uh, the, is it the things I do? You know, sometimes I think people can see us, see our behavior, and always know, or sometimes will know, that that person seems to be a Christian, seems to love the Lord and do what the Lord wants us to do. You know, I kind of like this story, and it's called You Tell Me. And the verse is, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And that's taken from Luke chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. 
Joe, a college student, was taking a course in ornithology, the study of birds. The night before the biggest test of the term, Joe spent all night studying. He had the textbook nearly memorized. He knew his class notes backward and forward. Joe was ready. The morning of the test, Joe entered the auditorium and took a seat in the front row. On the table in the front was a row of ten stuffed birds. Each bird had a sack covering its body, and only the legs were showing. When class started, the professor announced that the students were to identify each bird by looking at its legs and give its common name, genus, species, habitat, mating habits, etc. Joe looked at each of the bird's legs. They all looked the same to him. He started to get angry. He had stayed up all night studying for this test, and now he had to identify birds by their legs. The more he thought about the situation, the angrier he got. Finally, he reached his boiling point. He stood up, marched up to the professor's desk, crumpled up his exam paper, and threw it on the desk. What a ridiculous test, he told the professor. How could anyone tell the difference between these birds by looking at their legs? This exam is the biggest ripoff I've ever seen. With that, Joe turned and stormed toward the exit. The professor was a bit shocked, and it took him a moment to regain his composure. Then, just as Joe was about to walk out the door, the professor shouted out, Wait a minute, young man. What's your name? Joe turned around, pulled up his pant legs, and hollered, You tell me, Professor. You tell me. (laughs) You know, sometimes life doesn't seem to be fair. And I'm going to shorten this. I did have a bit of a sermon, but we're going to leave that out for today. And this is called the Taylor family. You know, and the Taylor family is like our church family. There really is no difference. And I should have brought with me three Irish potatoes and a sweet potato, but I didn't. And the theme of this reading is the fruit of the Spirit. And it tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that's in Galatians 5, verses 22 to 23. You know, a church is very much like a family. And that's the way I see our church. Each member of the family is different and has his own special identity and his own personality. This morning, we have a very special family with us, 
to show us how each member of the family may be different and how members of our church family may be different too. The family that I have with us this morning, like I said, I didn't bring that family. I'm just going to tell you about that family. It's called the Tater family. The Tater family is made up of a father named Dictator, a mother whose name is Sweet Tater, a teenage son named Spectator, a daughter named Imitator, and two children in the nursery. They will be called Tater Tots. The father dictator always has to be the boss. He always tells everyone what to do. He wants to be chairman of the deacons, or at least the personnel committee. If he can't be the boss, he won't even come to church at all. The mother, sweet tater, always has something nice to say about everyone. That's us mothers. She never insists on having her own way, and she would never get mad or get her feelings hurt if she didn't get her way. She really shows what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The teenage son spectator just doesn't want to get involved. He doesn't want any jobs. He just wants to sit back and watch everyone else do the work. Of course, if they don't do it to suit him, he will surely be the first to criticize and find fault. The daughter, imitator, is more worried about what she wears to church than she is about what happens at church. I knew when I was that, at that stage. It happens to all of us girls growing up. It is very important to her that she is dressed in the latest style so that she won't be embarrassed. She wants everyone to notice that she is very cool. Well, that brings us to the tater tots in the nursery. I don't know how they will turn out, but they will probably look at the other members of the family and decide that they want to be like one of them. They might become a dictator, a sweet tater, a spectator, or an imitator. Let's hope that they make the right choice. Dear Lord, as we choose the type of church family member we will be, help us to make the right choices. Let us show the fruits of your spirit in our lives. Amen. Just before I go, though, I know it's Mother's Day tomorrow. And where did I put them? I just want to quote a little something for our mothers before we leave this morning. And I told you that I won't go over. I didn't really preach a sermon. They're just things that kind of worries me when I look at life. And I'm hoping that we will all be in heaven when Christ comes. 
And there are things that we need to work on. And I know there are things I need to work on. And I'm hoping that you're thinking likewise, that we all have to live spiritually, live as good Christians in order to make it into heaven when Christ comes. And, you know, I just want to read a few quotes here. And moms inspire us every single day. Whether they are balancing schedules, acting as a chauffeur, or making sure everyone is fed, moms deserve to be celebrated. Mother is the heartbeat in the home, and without her, there seems to be no heartthrob. Only mothers, sorry fathers, only mothers can think of the future because they gave birth to it in their children. A mother's arms are made of tenderness and children sleep soundly in them. A mother is not a person to lean on, but a person to make leaning unnecessary. Such a mysterious business, motherhood. How brave a woman must be to embark on it. And if we are mothers, we know that that is something. I mean, we gave birth to a child when we were young. And we know that we have to nurture and teach this child to walk in the way of the Lord for the rest of their lives and for the rest of ours. It's quite a job. And let us remember that the only way, you know, our children probably would make it into heaven is if we nurture Christ with them and for them. And at the end of the day, my most important job is still mom in chief. Youth fades, love droops, the leaves of friendship fall. A mother's secret hope outlives them all. So let us remember that as we go through life, next time I'm up here, I'll be preaching a sermon for you. But for today, I just wanted to do something light, like the weather outside, nice and calm.